Welcome to Walking in Faith with Pastor Rob Currington. This podcast is dedicated to helping develop lifelong seekers of the Kingdom of God. Each week, Pastor Rob helps bring God's message for living to those seeking a richer and more Christ-filled life. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he shares this week's message. Father, we just come before you thinking for this opportunity to give. Lord, you're just a great provider. Jehovah Jireh is your name. And Lord, we've experienced that, I'm sure, in a mighty way this week. And Lord, I pray that we would just trust in you this morning as we give. Lord, that we may give as you have prospered us and purposed in our hearts. And Lord, may we give it cheerfully, Lord, that your kingdom may continue to advance. Thank you for engaging us in that battle with you. We thank you for this opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. Join with me this morning as we come together for pastor's prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you are the eternal God, existing without any beginning and with no ending. You are deserving of all worship and honor, and we come this morning to declare your worth. We are but fragile creatures created by your great hand to glorify you, by recognizing that everything that we have comes from your loving hand. Every breath, every function of our being is a gracious gift that enables us to sing your praise. Yet we also recognize that we have failed many times to do just that this week. We have ignored your commands and character, and we've ordered our lives and devotion to those things that are self-serving and self-promoting. And we humbly confess our pride and rebellion against your rule this morning. And we ask that you may grant us repentance, that you may restore our faith and trust in you. Help us to realize that our time here on earth is short. Help us to use our times, our talents, and our gifts to bring you glory. And keep our eyes focused on the things that are eternal and confirm the works of our hands. In the precious name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. We've been looking at kingdom living, and we're seeing today that kingdom living requires a life of sacrifice, and today it's the sacrifice of control. I want to give you something to think about real quickly, okay? Just something to think about, if I can have your attention real quickly. If you could walk through walls, and we see that many times in TV and movies, you see people who can walk through walls. If you could walk through walls, would you not also fall through the floor? Something to think about. How about this one? How come when you go into the front of the church, you are actually at the back of the church, and when you go through the front parts of the church, you're at the back doors of the church? And if your name is Will, and you're in the army, do you get worried when they say, fire at Will? Now we're coming into the Christmas season. Here's one to see how sharp you are this morning. Why is there the letter L in the word Noel? You ever thought about that? Yeah, she got it. Or do fish ever get thirsty? And of course the one, why can't we sneeze with our eyes open? You ever something to think about? I know those are silly just to kind of wake you up and make sure you're all here with me this morning. But I want to talk about something else that I want you to think about. What would you do differently? If you only had one year left to live, would you live your days differently? 
Some people have to face that. There's been one lady who's been very prominent in the news. I don't recall her name at this moment. Some of you may know the story I'm talking about, but the lady who has brain cancer and has decided to take her life in a couple weeks, actually. Two days after her husband's birthday, she is going to commit suicide. I mean, there's, I mean there, people call it different names, but it's to do that. And you think, what would you do if your life differently if you know you only had X amount of time? And most of us would say, yeah, we probably would do life and spend our time differently. Lloyd Ogilvie, in his book, Facing the Future Without Fear, shared how he asked a group of 500 people at a retreat, most of them were church members and professing Christians, to write on a card how they would feel if they were told they had a short time left to live. 75 said that they were ready and felt that they were sure of their relationship with Christ and eternal life through Him, and they were ready. 220 had said in a variety of ways that the question had shocked them and how superficial their relationship with Christ really was and said that they were not really, truly prepared to die. 160 said they would feel cheated because they had had so much more that they wanted to do in life. 40 expressed concern over those they would leave behind. 80 said they didn't know, while the rest of the group expressed discomfort, anxiety, even anger that I raise the question. But even if we were to say, well, no, we don't know how long we have to live. I don't know how I would answer that. The truth is, scripturally, that we're not even guaranteed the rest of this service, are we? We're not guaranteed the rest of this week or this year or any type of year. I can't tell you how many times as a fire chaplain that I've gone and seen someone's last days. Just a month ago, as Brandon and I was driving home from just doing a Saturday dump of stuff in the garage, as we were coming home, there we see a guy on a motorcycle who had just bought the motorcycle one week before. He was on the side of the road with strangers pumping on his chest, trying to keep him alive, and ran over there and fire department got there just when I was getting there, helped him, went to the hospital with him. Never even got to call his family before they finally called it. We don't know how much time. This man just bought a brand new motorcycle and thought he had a nice Saturday night morning to drive around. But there is one constant in our life is that we do have time. Though we have a timeless God, a God who lives in eternity, you and I live in time. We have moments after moments. Taking a quick look, there's 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, 8,700 hours in a year, and the average lifespan for those that are in California and America is 79.9, which works out to about 700,800 hours in the average lifespan. The question is, what are you doing with that time? If you look on the screen, you'll see that there's a schedule of working people. This is how they use their time. 8.7 hours a day working, 7.7 hours sleeping, 2.5 hours on leisure and sports, 1.3 hours caring for others, 1.1 on the household chores, and an hour in eating and drinking. Some of that relates to 41 minutes spent on socializing, though I think this might have been done before the advent of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. 
22 minutes reading, 20 minutes on sports or recreational, 20 minutes relaxing and thinking, 31 minutes spent on other leisure activities. What we see is, is there are many things that buy for our time. I bet you there are many of you that would say, I just don't have enough time in the day to do everything that I want to do. Would you agree? There's probably many of you, and most of you that are raising your hand, probably are, are parents of children that seem to just, everything just seems to coalesce, and you never have enough time. But we need to realize that time is a precious commodity. And Father, we come before you this morning recognizing that you are a timeless, eternal God, but yet we are bound by both time. We are bound by your rule. And so as we look at this subject of time, I pray that you begin to work in our hearts to see it as Scripture sees it. Show us in the ways in which we are wasting our time or not using our time in the way that would glorify you. I pray that you would just be with us this morning and that we may respond to your word as you've called us to. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. And see, there's a problem here. But what we need to look at is we need to look at how do you view time? And I think there's a problem because those of us who are want to be kingdom living, we've got to recognize is that our time is not our own. You see, the world has a problem. You see, they'll say things is that I have all the time in the world. You ever heard that phrase? I'll do what I want. I have all the time in the world to do what God wants me to or to accept Christ. There's others who will say, it's my time and I'll use it as I see fit. They, they see their time as a commodity very much like their money. It's theirs. It's for their rights. It's for their things to do. Or even the phrase, I work hard and I deserve a break. And don't put any more constraints on what I want to do. But as we look at Psalms chapter 90, we saw very clearly there were some things that Moses wanted us to understand about our lives and about time. We see that God is eternal God. As he tells us, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, he tells us, you are God. The second thing we'll see is that God will judge sin. The third is that our time is limited on earth. Moses even then said the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and will fly away. Moses realizes that man's years have been numbered and are declining even in his time frame. Fourthly, we see that we're to manage our times as verse 12 tells us. So teach us to number our days, so that we may get a heart of wisdom. Fifthly, we are to rejoice in our experiences, even those that are troubling and hurtful. As he says, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many of years as we've seen evil. Six, our lives should glorify God. As he tells us in verse 16 of that chapter, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. And lastly, number seven, is God confirms our work, which is our main verse this morning, Psalms 90, verse 17. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. 
You see, the world lives life as all if that is that if all that matters is today. Getting all that they can or living it as if there's no God, as if there's no day of reckoning. Their mind is set on personal consumption, personal satisfaction, and personal realization. They spend vast amounts of money wasting time and then trying to buy more time near the end of life. And many believers are playing the same game. The question I have for you this morning, how are you using the time that God has given us? The Gospel Primer tells us that God has created us that we may enjoy Him. Ecclesiastes says it's the whole duty of God is to serve Him, to worship Him, and to fear Him. And that every moment that He gives us is a precious gift. Every heartbeat, every function of our organ is a gift from Him. Every breath is a gift. So time is in God's hands, not our own. And each moment is precious. And we come to realize that when our time is near the end. You've heard the old phrase, not many people on their deathbed will say, oh, I wish I had more time to be in the office. I wish I had more time to realize and, and, and to, to gain more wealth. I wish I had spent more time on the golf course. Another time usually goes, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have spent time on those things that are lasting. What are you spending your time? You see, kingdom living, as you look at the screen here, this is the note. Here's the truth that I want us to get from Scripture. Is that kingdom living requires that you and I give away our time. We give away our time to fulfill God's purposes. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Very important as we go here, is that kingdom living requires that we give away our time, just as we're to give away and sacrifice our minds, the way we think, and our heart, and our money were to sacrifice and give away our time. Those moments, those precious time that we have. Why? In order to fulfill God's purposes. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15, follow along with me, where it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So as we see here, the question I have for you is, have you been a wise person or have you been foolish? If we were to take your day timer or your calendar, or if we were to break off your day, have you been living one who is wise or one who's characterized as foolish? The Bible says, look carefully how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time. Let me give you a closer look. That first phrase, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. You see, unwise, which means it's a fool, it does not mean that one who is intellectually challenged, just as wise does not mean someone who's intelligent by the world's standards. You see, the unwise, now catch this, because this may define some of you, and if so, then we need to pray by the Holy Spirit that you respond to His Word this morning. You see, the unwise live as they're apart from God. They live against God's law, and they cannot comprehend the truth 
or their true condition before God. The unwise lives as there is no day of reckoning. The scripture tells us it is appointed unto man once to what? Die. Then after this, the judgment. One who is unwise spends their days and their times thinking that they'll never have to stand before a holy God and give them account of their time. Think about that just for a moment. Just think about your week, this past week. Those moments, those hours, those minutes. If God were to bring those before you now and He would shift through them, how would He categorize your time? How much time was spent wisely? How much time was spent unwisely? How much time was spent for the purposes of God and how much time was spent in your own self-promotion, your own self-entertainment? You see, we live as if there's no accounting to God. Even we as Christians find ourselves being unwise in the use of our time. We live it apart from God, against God's law, or not comprehending the truth or the true condition. While the wise will live in close fellowship or partnership with God, they spend their times recognizing that they walk with one, that their life is in partnership, that there is a close deal between them. They walk together during work and during their time with their families, and even in their entertainment, they realize that they're in a partnership with the Holy Spirit. The wise live by seeking to obey the law of Christ. The commands of Christ of loving your neighbor and loving your spouse and loving God. They recognize that even in their work, even in their play, even in their relationships, this is how I spend my time trying to please God. And the wise also live understanding the truth of God and the true condition of our reliance upon God. Living as if every moment is our last moment. That if I'm taking this breath, I'm exhaling it in the presence of the King who has called us home. Do you live your life in that way? Do you recognize that our time is going to be accounted by God? He goes on to say there in verse 16, he says, making the best use of time because the days are evil. In other words, you and I need to make the most of the time that God has given us to fulfill God's purposes, recognizing that every circumstance and every moment is God-ordained opportunity. We are to live as salt and light, the Bible tells us, as a fragrance of God, doing good to all, loving our neighbor as ourselves, and loving God with all our hearts and mind and strength. You see, every event in our life, every moment is designed either to test our character and draw us near to God or destroy our character and draw us away from God. The Bible tells us in there in Ephesians in verse 17 as we go on, he says, therefore, knowing that your time is accountable for God, knowing that you need to walk as one who's wise not as unwise, knowing that the days are evil, you need to redeem that time. Therefore, because of that, do not be what? Foolish, but understand what the will 
of the Lord is. And I want to speak on this for a moment because many of us are not spending our time, are not living our days as if we truly understand the will of God. Since life is short, we are not to be, be in the pursuit of pleasing ourselves, but to please God. We're to acquire the skill of godly living. And that's one of the things I want to encourage you this morning. The gospel, when he says it is finished, it means we now can live for something better than ourselves. The Bible says, all things have passed away. Behold, we are new creature. We have died to that old body of sin. And now we've been raised to walk in the newness of Christ. There's an old country southern gospel song. I don't know if you might know it, but it says, The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The people I used to hang with, I don't hang with them anymore. Speaking of, of, of those that might lead us into the wrong thing. In other words, we spend our time differently as new creatures. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. And what we need to have is many of us need to acquire that godly skill of living. You see, the skill of godly living is where one must thoughtfully discern and apply and practice scriptural truths in order to live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And you say, wait a second, my time is already split up. You see, I have to work X number of hours for my employee. That is his time. And then when I get home, this time is for my children, and, and this time is for my wife, and then, then I take a little bit of this time, and, and that's my me time. And I understand that all of our lives are broken up in, in certain ways, and, and that may be balanced different for each and every one of us. But even that time at work is designed to glorify God, is it not? Let me ask you, even if you are in a secular job, can you not glorify God during that time? Of course, that, that's the very reason that God has put you there. We're falling into this thing of, of the secular world where they're saying, no, no, you, if you come to work, you need to leave your faith behind. No, that's not true. Now, yes, there may be ways in which you may have to modify what you do at work. Don't steal from your employer. If you're a Christian and you're in a secular job, then you're not to take that time to do things that are wrong. But you can still use that time in a godly way. We can spend that time praying and, and, and being kind and loving our neighbors and being a servant who serves those. Please, I'd love to see the DMV become more Christian. Wouldn't it be great if we had more Christians in the DMV? That'd be great. Oh, how may I serve you? Yes, I know you've been waiting in long line for a long time. You know, wouldn't that be great to actually see a smile and maybe some eye contact? But see, we can all do that. We can all use our time in a godly way, even your time with your family and even in your pleasure. Are they in such a way in which it's serving the purposes of God? You see, we've got to get away from this thinking is there's secular time, my time, and God time. It's not how it works. That's kind of like how we were last week. Well, there's my debts, there's my family obligations, and there's my money. It's not how it works. It's all of God's. In the same way in your life, 
and in your thinking that we've been sacrificed. God says, I want all of you, not just portions of you. Am I getting the point across, I think? It's God's time. It's all of our times or our times is God's. There are some things that you and I have to realize that God has revealed to us and there are some things that He has not chosen us to know. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Write this in your notes. This is a good verse for you to get. Deuteronomy 29, 29. It's the fifth book in the Bible from the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Get this verse. Understand this verse. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. In other words, there are some things which God says, I'm sorry, that's on a need-to-know basis. I'm not going to reveal And so you and I are to leave the secret things to God and the things that is revealed to us, he says, these are the things that you will be held accountable for. So use your time wisely in these things revealed. And you may say, well, where do I find those things that are revealed? Can anyone maybe shout out what the answer might be? Where can I find the things that God's revealed to us? In the Bible, you will not find it in the funny pages. You will not find it in astrology. You will not find it in numerology. You will not find it in any type of fortune cookie. Or you won't find it in some little genie bottle or anything else. But in the Bible, God says, I reveal to you my commands and you are to use your time in doing them. Use your time wisely. The problem is, problem is, is that we spend so much time worrying about the secret things of God rather than the things revealed to us through Scripture. We're either screwing around like little ants, building, preparing, working, and entertaining ourselves like there is either no tomorrow, so worried about consuming all that we can, or as if we have all the time in the world. Both things find themselves in default. They are wrong. Paul tells us in Colossians 3.17 that whatever you do in word or deed, do everything, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Christ. Let me tell you, your time is meant to be spent in the pursuit of God and not the pursuit of self. We need to trust in the things that God has revealed. And those priorities ought to be our priorities. And we must remember, you may say, wait a second, what about my job? What about providing for my family? What about providing for those things? That's part of it. Those are things that God has revealed to you. He has told us to work hard. He has told us not to steal. He has told us to to provide for our families. But yet, even in that, fulfills the purposes of God. I want to share with you real quickly four ways that you and I can live wisely with our time. Four ways that we can live. The first one is you need to realize that you and I are living in a temporal world. 
This world is not our home. We have a different place, 2 Corinthians, where we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, speaking of our body, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, that's eternal in the heavens. James 4, we looked at this several months ago, when he says, don't say today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and do this and do that and make a profit. He says, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For your life is but a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We need to realize that this is a temporary home. So here's the thing. If you're taking notes, it's not on the screen, but it says, don't set your affections on this world. And so many of us spend so much of our time working for the here and now. But the Bible tells us in Colossians, if you've been raised with Christ, if you're someone who is kingdom living, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. And I'm afraid too many of us that profess Christ have not sacrificed the control of our times and our moments to the things that are eternal. We are building up things where moth and rust will eat and decay and not on the things that are treasurable. The second is to prioritize your time to accomplish the purposes of God. Just as we need to prioritize in giving and prioritize our thinking and our life, we need to prioritize our time. When you're sitting down at the beginning of the morning or the evening prior, and you're saying, here's my things to do, prioritize the time for God. You see Ephesians 2.10, you see it. It says, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, our day is going to be filled with God-ordained moments that He wants you and I to do. And that can be at the college you teach at. It could be at the preschool you work at. It could be at the social agency that you're at. It could be anywhere. There are moments where you can please God and fulfill His purposes already where you're at. See, we think working for God is being full-time ministry or doing something at the church. But your very job is a work prepared by God for you to do. And I want to encourage you in that avenue. Start your mornings by saying, Lord, I don't know what you have for me today, but I know that each moment is a gift. And in that gift, you have something prepared for me to do. Let me see it and let me do and fulfill it for your purposes. In other words, don't waste time striving for the things of this world. Don't strive in trying to fulfill your own purposes, but look for the works of God. Number three, we need to rejoice in what the Lord is doing in our lives. I'm afraid too many of us spend too much time groaning and complaining about our lot in life. But Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Shout that out. Yes, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 2 Corinthians, for this this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. So many people are spending their times and their moments moaning and complaining 
about their lot in life. And let me tell you, just as the Bible says, anyone who just worries about adding a cubit to their stature will not do. I can spend all my time worrying about trying to get more hair, and it doesn't happen, at least not in the places that I want it. I can spend my time staring at the mirror, praying and wishing that God would make me taller. It just doesn't happen. I could say, Lord, just, just make me look thinner. The answer is buy bigger clothing. It works. But here's the point is we spend so much time worrying and anxious about things that just eat away at the purposes of God. So don't waste your time in complaining and murmuring. As Moses told us, is that those, those afflictions and those testings, we need to be thankful for that. It's very difficult for you and I to do. But we need to even recognize even those moments, those times of suffering and pain can serve the purposes of God. The number four is start building the right house. Or as you could put it, start using your time wisely. We need to recognize that we're going to give an accounting 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 through 15. Read through this with me. I'd like to give you the commentary as I go. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. And he says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You and I, if we have uh, repented of dead works, if we've turned and put our trust in Christ, we have a foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ. He now says, now if anyone builds on that foundation with gold or silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. In other words, he says, you spend your life building things. And what your life will do is you're either going to be building jewel and gold and precious stones or it's going to be wood, hay and stubble or straw. And it says one day there will be a day of reckoning where that will be disclosed because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Imagine you and I standing in the gates of heaven and as we give him our time and our work and all that we've done, he throws it into a fire. Anything that has been gold and precious jewels, those things which fulfilled God's purposes, will be melted down and be able to be molded into something beautiful for him. But all those times, that idleness and wastefulness of self-promotion, self-entertainment, those things that we've used and abused for our own goodness will be just wood, hay, and stubble. And what happens to that when it's put into fire? It's burned. And all that's left is ashes. The work that anyone has built on that foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Loss of reward, though he self will be saved. So there is that point of where one day we will stand before him and give an account of how we spent our time, how we spent our moments. Have we used them to fulfill God's purposes or have we used them to just benefit ourselves? So don't waste your time building things that will burn up. There's no reward in it. 
There's nothing that will help you there. I want to share with you how you can build on the right things. You may say, okay, I understand. I'm going to spend my time to fulfill God's purposes. What is it that God's purposes are? I want to give you kind of a nutshell. Very quickly, it's very simple as to the, the mission statement of our church or the vision statement. Is that we want to develop lifelong seekers of the kingdom of God. As he tells us in Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's, that's the, the theme verse of what we've been looking at here. Is that we need to be kingdom living. He says, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the things that you need will be added to you. So you and I need to sacrifice all the other things and seek after the kingdom of God. How do I do that? Very simple. Is that we do what God has called us to do. It's, we find it in the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Or I will say in this, our Orange Villa, we exist so that by glorify God, by obeying the Great Commission with the heart of the Great Commandment. In other words, we recognize that we're to share the gospel with others. We're to make disciples and baptize them in the name of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. And we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and our mind and our neighbor as ourselves. These are the purposes of God in that the Bible says, Jesus said, holds all of the law. That is it in a nutshell. And so you and I are to use our time to do that. So what does it mean for you? Let me ask you. How much of your time are you using to reach other people for Christ? In sharing your faith? How much of your time is spent life sharing with others, building them up, encouraging them in the faith, discipling them? What are you doing now with your time to show your faith, to show that you love God? Where is your place of service? How are you serving the church and your your fellow believers and those that don't know Christ? In what way are you using your spiritual gift? And in your time, if we were to look at it, How much of your time are you using to honor God? Now I have to admit there was time this week that I did not honor God. There was times that I wish I said, man, you know what, I wish I had that two hours back. Have you ever thought that? Gone to a movie, watched a TV show and said, man, that was a waste of time. You go to a meeting and say, that was a waste of time. Many of us have those moments. And you can't get them back. But all we can say is today, I'm going to respond to the will of God. For He has called us to use our time wisely. Because the days are evil. And they're seeking to draw us away from the purposes of God. We do this by reaching up, focusing on God. By reaching in, by life sharing with others. And by reaching out. The Gaithers, it's a southern gospel singing group. They sing a song called, We Have This Moment, that reflects the importance of using your time wisely. The chorus, and I won't sing it for you, I'll save you that. It says, we have this moment to hold in our hands and to touch as it slips through our fingers like sand. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow may never come, but we have this moment. Today. So, how will you spend your moment for yourself, for the purposes of God?
Acts 13.36 has a great epitaph. This is something that all of us should be able to put on our tombstones. For David, speaking of King David, after he served the purposes of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers. May it be said of us too that we served the purposes of God in our generation. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I encourage you to just take this moment to pause and to consider and to pray. In what way do you need to sacrifice control of your time to God this morning? In what ways do you need to repent and confess that your time has been spent on the pursuit of your purposes and your pleasure rather than of God? And would you ask Him today and make this commitment, I will follow you no matter what. Father, we come before you this morning recognizing that we have not spent our time as wisely as we could. For many of us, this is new information. If that's the case, then we now, Lord, we just come to you and ask for you to just rearrange our time. Show us that our time is to be spent in the pursuit of those things that are wise. Help us to recognize that for each moment we'll need to give account, as each moment has been a gift, a precious gift, that we may complete the works that you've prepared before us. Father, I pray that we would respond in a mighty way this morning. Change our church, change the, our hearts. Father, that we may be involved in the things that you are. Show us how we can do this at work, with our family, with our play, with our entertainment. Lord, with the time that we have left, may each moment be spent pursuing your will rather than our own. Give us the strength of your spirit to do this. We pray this in your name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this week's Walking in Faith podcast. We encourage you to share this podcast with others in order to help spread God's message to all those in need. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Email us at walkinginfaith at orangevilla.org. You can help us spread this podcast by writing a review at iTunes. And don't forget to visit us online at orangevilla.org. There you will find more information about our ministry, as well as share your thoughts, submit prayer requests, and find out how you can help others to grow in God's love. Until next week, may God bless you in everything you do.